Welcome to the Phantom Zone. Welcome to And Now Comics. I am back, uh, joined this time by John, Ryan, and Alan. I truly feel... A bit... <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to do a, a bit thing, but never mind. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm not that awake. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a little bit of news to talk about. Um, some interesting stuff. So I guess the first thing is this like Legion story that you posted, Alan. So they're adding Booster Gold to the Legion team? That is... I guess... I don't know Tommy tomorrow. But it is interesting to see like Booster Gold on this team. Uh, I get the feeling that what this is, is they're taking like all of kind of like the feature characters and that they're also <clears throat> doing like short stories along with the Legion. Like Booster Gold not being specifically a part of the Legion. Like Kamandi, mm-hmm. like the Batman Beyond stuff. Uh, Tommy Tomorrow. Well, I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, I have no idea who that character is. You're like a big uh, Legion fan, so Alan, do you, like, who's Tommy Tomorrow? That's actually that's actually something I do not know because. Oh wow, he must be like mega deep cut then. Uh, but yeah, like these Jim Chung like OMAC pages look really oh, good. Yeah. The, the uh, OMAC, I love that they're going with the old school design, like kind of the kind of like seventies, sixties design, like Dustin Nguyen's, uh uh. Uh, Batman Beyond pages look good. Andreas Sartina's Commandi pages look great. Like, and I'm not even like a Commandi guy. Yeah, he kind of falls into that like thing with the Savage Land that I'm not a super fan of, like the well, inner no. world stuff. Uh, well, like Commandi and Savage Land are like two separate things. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I mean, like as a general idea. Uh, okay, like, um, kind of caveman in present day thing. But it'd be kind of nice because uh, the last uh, four years has not been kind towards poor old Booster Gold, so it'd be kind of nice to see him be rehabilitated a little bit. Well, there's Leah, not even for like the last year. Uh, I mean, he was just basically I, not even around during all of Rebirth, and then Tom, Tom King's uh, Booster Gold is not great. I don't. All I remember is this, the Batman story. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But before, besides that, he was like, didn't do anything in Rebirth. And then his new, the end of the New 52 was a little interesting when him and Blue Beetle were in like the Justice League 3000 garbage feature. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of funny just to have those characters again, like as like the terrible buddy cop, even though that entire concept of that thing was terrible. Okay, so I looked up Tommy Tomorrow. He he go he's like fucking very old. I'm just gonna say with a name like Tommy Tomorrow, I I bet he's like a forties character. Yeah, yeah, for ninety four seven. He he's he he was in the Planeteers. Like it was the the Planeteers. It was what the writers were like. That's what they they assumed to things that like it was there. Everyone expects the thing like the the twenty like the twenty twentieth or twenty first century to be big. That's what. Okay, so he I, to me, I'm kind of getting this sense that he's kind of like, um, oh, what was that old terrible TV show? Um, 
Buck Rogers of like 21st and a half century. Like, I, I always remember the Daffy Duck version. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too, Captain Planet. Well, they would have sold the name because Topic Tomorrow came out in 1947, so. I don't know, like, it's, did you see what his powers are or like anything like that? He he's basically just uh, like a space sort of like a, a space cop, like not on the Green Lantern version where he actually has a like he's simply just. So he's like so Adam Strange. I was going to say so he's Adam Strange. <laughs> like like maybe there's exactly. a reason why maybe there's a reason why no one's used Tommy Tomorrow in the last like sixty five years because it's like oh well we're not even using Adam Strange why would we use another space okay. cop? Here's the here's the character biography. Tommy Tomorrow graduated from Spaceport West Point in 1988. <laughs> oh, keep in mind, this is in the 40s. He's now a colonel in the Planeteers, the police force in the 21st century. Gotham is the capital city of not only the Earth, but the solar system. You know who he looks like, by the way? He looks like Ozymandias. Yeah. Hmm. Like, he's, he's got the purple and gold, but he's wearing, like, jorts instead of, like, you know, tights. Um, the last like take on the character was Thomas Tomas Tomorrow and the Threshold series. Oh wow! I don't even know what that is. It uh, was. It had to do with. Um, I I want to say. Threshold presents the hunted. This series sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when this was coming out, and I'm like, "Who's reading this book?" I don't even remember like where. What years is that? Uh, is 20 that- 2013. It was. It's it's it spun, spun out it's, new- of oh, yeah, it spun out of Green Lantern New Guardians and like the the annual. Because I was reading like DC then, I have no memory of this whatsoever. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it had like a Larfleeze backup, which I kind of remember being like the oh, only thing that people like kind of cared about it. It only went eight issues, so that's that says a lot. Yeah, I kind of remember there being a Larfleeze backup because he was sort of interesting of a character for a minute. God, and like then this book forgotten. <laughs> this book came out like also around the time they also did like the Ravagers, and there was like a couple other just. Uh, Really shitty team books that of a bunch of nobodies. Is this like just before New Fifty Two or right after? Uh, this is this is during like this right, is, like a year like like a year and a half in. So was it? I'm guessing it's part of like the second round of books that came out. It started in uh, March of 2013 and did like I said only one eight issues. Yeah, because it, it must have been part of like the second round after they canceled a bunch of books. Yeah, they canceled a bunch of books so they can make exactly. books like a- Ambush Bug and uh, uh, yeah, Threshold, Katana. Oh, okay. So yeah, th- they they canceled a bunch of books, and this was a part of the, the next rung of books, which was Threshold, Justice League of America, Katana, Vibe, uh, Vibe and Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> Which was like the really shitty Constantine that like See, no one liked. Yeah. The only one of those books I remember, well, I remember Vibe, and Vibe is terrible. 
is like just I, I own vibe and I love the shit out of that book. I don't care what I I like the stuff they did with the brother, but like a lot of the other stuff was kind of really goofy. I liked him more when he joined the other, like the Amanda Waller Anti-Justice League. But um, that Justice League of America book is the one with Adam Strange. Oh, who else are, is in it? Are you talking about uh, Justice League United? Like Justice League Canada? Yeah. Like I think Renaro, that's that book. Uh, Stargirl. Yeah, what was the there was like the the Native American girl that was like a snow person? I know she had like, she had like yeah. snow powers. It wasn't ice. It was like yeah, it was like someone created just for that book by uh, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, and like every couple of issues, like Adam Strange and his wife would like swap places, which was his wife was like another character. Or it wasn't what's her name from Ron. It was like a, another was Earth a, thing. Yeah, it was someone from Earth. Oh God, it was so goofy. Um, I think I don't know if Ryan Choi was on that team. Okay, are oh wait, are you talking about uh, Equinox or Equinox? Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Equinox, yeah, yeah. The team roster was Adam Strange, Alana Strange, Animal Man, Equinox, Green Arrow, Hawkman, Martian Manhunter, Mira, Star Girl, Supergirl, Poison Ivy, and Swamp Thing. God, that's a team. That's a like that team is like really powerful in many ways. And like it actually had, like it had like really good like it, it debuted in April April of 2014. The first issue was Jeff Lemire and Mike McCone, and like the base was in Ontario, which uh, you, can, you can it's easy to tell because of Lemire's like involvement with the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were definitely some things about that that was interesting. Um, wow, that had Supergirl and Star Girl. Yeah. Um, there's so, actually, actually a really good, or sort of really good, across like I think it was the second one. I think the middle arc was a crossover with Legion, and like this, I think this was after the both 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 books have been canceled, Legion Lost and Legion of Superheroes, and it eventually Jeff Lemire left. Michael Cohen left, then it was just went into chaos. The the only thing I want out of like this this new Legion uh reboot is like the problem I felt like with the new fifty two was a uh, reboot of like Legion Loss and Legion of Superheroes was you know, it was supposed to be like I don't I don't know almost nothing about Legion of Superheroes outside of like the characters that show showed up in the versus system like card game. And so, for me, I like as a new reader, I want to be introduced to like these characters. And then you read the new fifty-two, like number one issues, and it's like business as usual. It's like the book expects you to know this like huge cast of characters and their mythos and their relationships and all this other stuff. That mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, like this book isn't for me. And it's like if this book isn't for a new reader, then it's like, who is this book made for? Yeah, what's that whole, uh, what is it, the Stanley thing of, like, every comic is, like, somebody's first? Like, well, sure, but, like, but the, the I, I whole... I know what you're saying, like, it doesn't yeah. even give you a chance, like, it was just, the like... Whole, you, yeah, the whole point of the New 52 was supposed to, like, get new readers to check out these characters, and the Legion of Superheroes was writing a book for its already established fan base. So, like, I hope with Brian Michael Bendis, like, writing this book, it's, like, they start from like 
square one. It's like, who are these characters? Why are they important? And why should you be reading this? Yeah, based on like what we've, and this is gonna sound goofy, but like I wonder how handcuffed he's gonna be by like what's been going on with like Doomsday Clock, because they're <laughs> part of that. Because isn't Saturn Girl in it? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Oh, uh, yeah. She, she yeah. 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 I don't think. No, I don't think Ryan Michael Bendis is handcuffed by anything. I think. He, yeah. Based off his success of Superman and action comics, and getting people to read those books again, uh, and everything with Wonder Comics, and everything with Wonder Comics, I, I feel like he's currently in the position that Jeff Johns was like eight years ago, where they're like, "Okay, here's the toy box. Go, like, go do whatever you want." Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking but- of uh, Sound Girl, last I remember, she was with, she was on like she was traveling with jo- Johnny Thunder. And some other like someone else trying to. Oh like, yeah, and Doomsday Clock. Yeah. God, and that's a character that DC tries to keep on making happen, Johnny Thunder, and it's just no, no one cares. Yeah, wasn't 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 there a version like a different like an alternate version of him in the Justice the J- Justice Society of America by John? There, yeah, it's like there's Johnny Thunder, and then there's like an alternate version of his power set that's like given to him through like a a pin, right? And there was a point when there was like a bunch of them that had the pens. Like, I can't remember what book that was. Yeah, it's there just was like, like I... a bunch of people that had like genies. Oh, it's a very like um like 30s idea. I feel like 30s and 40s kind of thing, where I feel like there's only a handful of those characters that still work today, like a Shazam. And like a lot of those characters just like didn't don't really modernize well. I just gotta say, um, the place DC was like six years ago, six seven years ago, compared to where they are now. Even though they're not the whole or everything with the movies and everything. Thank God for Wonder Comics. I mean, I remember yeah. when Dot when Dial H was announced as part of the group. Or as part of the uh, line, I remember the everything. I, all I known about it was the New Fifty Two version. Oh, that version's terrible. Yeah, and then there was every, then there was the monstrosity that was Earth Two Society. <sighs> all that New Fifty Two Earth Two stuff just got really dumb real fast. Like that Earth Two book also just kind of like it. It didn't start off too bad, uh, but yeah, it just. I remember there was like some problems with people leaving the book or being fired off the book, or uh, and it was just like it lost like so much direction. Yeah, well, the whole problem was like it started off and then they like killed the Earth, but then they like didn't kill it, and there's like still like ten people around. Actually, and then it became this like post-apocalyptic I, book. No, what happened was Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman get killed by. It's like the Anti-Monitor, isn't it? No, Steppenwolf. Oh, okay. And I... then, like Alan Scott. Wait, you mean you mean Justice League villain Steppenwolf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> is it the one from like the old school comics where he has like the weird like Robin Hood hat? 
Or is it like the one that has like a longhorn antlers? That one. Oh. And then like Alan Scott. Yeah, he got the ring. Cause that like I actually really like that idea they did where like they kind of flipped the whole green and like the red stuff in that book on its head. So like Alan Scott's like he's kind of the like he's the avatar of the green. And, and that's where the red and yeah, and the avatar of the red was They were like elemental, but like because uh, it was all I remember all I remember was a woman. It was uh, the second. There's a legacy second wildcat. Oh, okay, yeah. Because then they made his husband was like the wind person, and then Solomon Grundy was like the avatar the of the rot. Which I was like, oh, that's an actually an interesting idea to like actually make that character. And then like he kind of became actually giving him some like sentience actually made him more annoying to me. I don't know. I kind of like dumb zombie. Uh, Grundy, and they just got rid of like <sighs> I'm having bad Vietnam yeah. flashbacks to conversions. Yeah, they did a whole bunch of goofy shit because, yeah, didn't Dick Grayson become Batman after he got his back destroyed by something? Okay, so he's and there was a Batman's dad was still alive and he was using like the metamorpho for, uh, metamorpho formula. No, Batman's. No, he... Batman's no. dad is still alive. No, no that's he, a different version. That's the Flashpoint Batman's dad. There was like another Thomas Wayne in Earth 2. Okay, so Thomas Wayne are Big Barda and Miracle. Um, uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Miracle are looking for like they're looking for someone in Gotham. And they, their reveal is that Thomas Wayne Faked his death, or uh, faked his death. He was in with the mob. Bruce learns of this. Doesn't want him anywhere near uh, his family and stuff. Yet near, near his wife, his daughter. Yeah, because in Earth Two, he's married to Catwoman, and Huntress is his daughter. Yeah, and well, she's Robin at the time. I guess. Yeah, he's, so he's sort. There's like they try to like they. This option was a bad character. And they they have certain like certain issues. There's a they keep at, like adding like he, he sort of like watched from a distance. Mm-hmm. And Dick Grayson, or the, during the the apocalyptic ending of the series, Barbara gets killed or gets shot. Oh yes, that they lose her. He he, the kids. Their kid gets like put on a train or something, and he no, loses them on on a sh- an escape ship. That what? Oh my god! I forgot it, all of this. <laughs> it was uh, they implied that Steppenwolf. Oh, they implied Steppenwolf had an a, a, a quote unquote encounter with Wonder Woman that she didn't know about. That that created a a wait, uh, wait. I don't remember that. They implied that Steppenwolf like like raped Wonder Woman. Oh, well, we can't, we can't, we can't say that. Can't say that. But but, if, but that's they, the implication. And they had a kid. I don't remember that. That they had an, a kid, a kid that was half apocalyptic and half uh, Amazonian. 
and, it sounds and super incredibly dumb. Um, yeah, didn't they reuse this idea kind of with Grail? Where it's Darkseid's daughter with an Amazonian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can see. This yeah. Like, this is about... And the thing is... Like, that that character is who Dick Grayson's son on Earth 2... Like, that's who they... The, like, that character... Like, Wonder Woman's daughter it was the one who... Like, she was hi- hiding out from, like, the female Furies... Oh, okay. And oh, she, man. and then she, like, he's hanging like during convergence when they're trying, to, they're going through different rea- like realities and stuff, or different time time timelines. So yeah, the battle planet that Marvel did in like the sixties. So Batman gets get gets killed by by the Joker. This is the. Dick Grayson Batman or the Thomas Wayne one? Or no, I th- no Thomas Wayne was Thomas. There was, uh... Th- Thomas Wayne was going to was actually dying already because of the the Hour Man. Yeah, that's what he had. Yeah, the hour, but it was like didn't it have to do with Metamorpho or something. It was like no. the same thing, right? I'm not sure, but I remember that they. Tried to recapture lightning in a bottle with the killing joke moment with Joker and Barbara, but with Joker and Dick Grayson. Uh, So, so Mr. Terrific makes him like sort of a a support system. Yeah, like, he's he's got like an Iron Manny kind of bat suit that like allows him to walk, like War Machine in uh, Endgame and such. Yeah, Infinity War. So, like, and then the whole weird things that happened and like, he got oh. he he got kicked out kicked off the book. Dan Dan Abnett took over, and. This is like leading up. This is like a few weeks, like a f- months before rebirth. Yeah, because basically rebirth is just like, and then we, we're not going to talk about any of that. And Earth Two is just like ignored completely now. Yeah, and like they were doing some weird things. Like our man came back, and he was angry that Thomas Wayne stole his formula. <laughs> then they brought in the Ultra Humanite. Oh god. Oh wow, that's a character I haven't seen in the comics and that's like their fourth talking gorilla bad guy. Yeah, um and I'm like what's going on here? Uh I mean like I th- I think Ultra Humanite's a solid two. Oh or uh, I, he, okay, No no he's a solid three because I I would put him above or below Monsieur Malat and and obviously Grod. Well I guess it depends on like I'm trying to think. It's Grodd, him, uh, Mala. There's another one, right? There's like a crying ape. Like he's like yes. Like I a- was, sometimes Solovar is kind of an antagonist too. <sighs> but yeah, he's definitely like three. He's above the guy we can't remember his name. Congrilla. No, he's. Uh, he was like a villain in a Batman Brave and the Bold episode. Gorilla Boss. Oh. 
he's like a a gorilla who crime like boss. wear who wear a crime boss who wears like a suit. A, a suit. Think of King Fang with like a, as a gorilla. Oh my god! So he's like what they sometimes did with Tobias Whale. Yes, that's like the best. That's the best thing you can like describe it as. Oh my god! Oh my god! There are so many apes in DC Comics. And that's not to mention even like Detective Chimp. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, yeah. Like, there's like a whole world of talking apes. Well, there is a legitimate like city of talking apes. I mean, like that's DC apes. though. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually. I think that's all Planet of the Apes like character ripoffs, like of like that era that all these characters were probably created around. There was an issue of Astro City a few like five years ago, where Kirby Busiek or Busiek introduced a, uh, a a basically ripped off Grill City. Oh, oh! I just remembered another one. There was one. And in the Nightwing book, in the Rebirth, when he went to Bloodhaven and he was trying to be like a the like Batman, half- or no, when he was doing the like halfway Bloodhaven. house uh. thing with like the pigeon character, and there was like a bunch of like F-list villains that were trying to reform. Like Orca was there, and there was a gorilla in that group because it was like Gadget, not Gadget. What's the one that's in the Titans, like the cartoon Teen Titans? That's like the kid that has all the gear. Gizmo. 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 Gizmo was part of it. There was like a girl who had like a pet mouse and then there was a giant gorilla and then there was like a cowboy guy. And they were like all uh, like villains that no one cared about anymore. The only reason I'm bringing up the uh, Astro City gorilla it's like a total rip of Gorilla City. They're all military but he just wants to play. He just wants to be in a, a drummer in a band. That's all. He, that's all he wants to do. He, be, he wants him, to be Jabberjaw. <laughs> he just wants to like be a drummer and be in a band. And like the the heroes come to him and like, do do you want to do you want to join us? And like, and he's he kind of he's it's it, it's just so goofy. It's so fun. It's goofy that it's fun. <laughs> Well, I think we've run our course on this because I actually do really want to talk about the next thing, which is this Superman smashes the clan. So we've gotten a couple of art pieces, but the story behind this now, this is a comic that is there's no date on it, but it's coming out. It's October. Okay. The story I was looking at, uh, oh, October 16th. Okay. Then each issue is going to be 80 pages. Um, Uh, It's 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 one issue. And it's 80 pages. Uh, okay, because the thing I'm seeing here is like, Superman Smash the Clan so October 16th with each issue containing 80 pages. Oh! Oh! Yes. Mm. So I think that they're what they're doing, because why this is really interesting, is it's kind of the reverse of what's been going on with comics and podcasts, where like they're taking podcasts and making... Uh, using podcasts as kind of like a new version of a radio play we've had... Um, Wolverine. I think the second Wolverine is still going, right? I think it just came out. Yeah, because I'm waiting for it to be done, and then it's going to like blow through the whole thing. Um, but we had the Wolverine one, and then there's like another Marvel one. And I think DC said that they're doing a couple, too. I don't remember. I'm sure we talked about them. This is the opposite, where they're taking an actual um, script from the... the Adventures it was, of, or the Superman Radio. 
Yeah, the Superman radio play. So um, I guess the story was published in 1938, but was broadcast in 46. Um, oh, I guess that, no, those were the years that it was on, 38 to 46. So I guess that they're going to keep doing this thing. And so, like, the idea of it was, like, they were going to use this story to, like, kind of show, um, like, real world and specifically, like, racism and stuff at the time, which is kind of a bold idea, especially because, like, the story revolves around um, two Chinese characters moving to Chinatown in Metropolis. um, And then kind of, like, the racism and all the injustice that they interact with. And the art is really interesting. I actually really, really dig it. The only, I guess they changed Perry White's going to be black. There's the Asian couple I already talked about, and then there's an image of Jimmy and Lois. Yeah, so this is so this is written by uh, Gene Liyun Yang, who uh, um, he's like an Eisner Award winner. Uh, he wrote some books um, a couple years ago, like American Born Chinese, that got like a lot of traction in the indie comics market. Um, but he was writing uh, Superman for the New Fifty Two. Um, when, um, oh my god, who's, uh, John Romita Jr. was drawing it. Oh, okay. Um, and I remember that run being, like, not so bad. Uh, but the thing, like, I'm, or he he also wrote New Superman, which was the Chinese Superman book that, uh, I heard. Before it's time. Yeah, I I think I heard, I heard heard good things. He's an interesting character. I just think it, like, they could have marketed it better. Like there were, there the were also just, of the book was also not good. Um, it was also like at a time where I'm just like not reading Superman. There's too many Superman books. It's just like uh, I'm. It's it's like kind of like the problem with Spider Man where I'm like, there's too many Spider Man books right now. I see. Uh, here he's also been writing the Terrifics, which is like the DC goofy Fantastic Four with Mister Terrific, Plastic Man. I should remember who else is on that team. No, no, it's oh yeah, it's uh, Mister Terrific, uh, Metamorpho. They have Metamorpho and Plastic Plastic Man. I know Plastic Man is on the team because, like, that's the the only thing I know about that book is Plastic Man's on it. Yeah, because like every cover is like him doing crazy Plastic Man stuff. I'm pulling it up. Uh, but the the artist for the book is Girahiryu, who's like this duo of Japanese artists who uh, people would know uh, them from the Unstoppable Wasp. Uh, that I believe, if it hasn't ended, it's recently ending. Super good. Uh, they also did the first rung of Avatar: Last Airbender comics for uh, Dark Horse a couple years ago. Like Girahiryu is. So good. Like they also did a lot of Gwenpool, um, but but yeah, they're great. Uh, I think, and I, I I probably have definitely said this on the show at some point, but I believe that Giri Hiryu is like a top ten artist in the American comics industry. I I feel like they should be on like some A plus books, and to be put on a book like this that's getting like you know really good headlines, this really great message. Like I called my shop, or I, I uh, sent a Facebook message to my shop today, where I, I want this book. Um, 
hopefully like this is like a you know a really good book for them to like basically put yeah. in like you know put their name out there more from what i'm reading it's gonna fit into like that kind of wonder comics genre like level like it's kind of like a tween book yeah and i think it's like also like kind of nice to see like a chinese writer a japanese artist tackling a book where superman who is like an immigrant to uh the earth like fighting like oppression like i think that's like a really great like i think it's like if dc was going to put together a team for this book i think that's a great team yeah so it's based on the original show's name was clan of the fiery uh, cross they do have a description out i'm not going to read the whole thing but it's like a family of four moves to metropolis we mostly following the two kids um so yeah, I guess uh, maybe this is the first though it seems like this is the first issue maybe they'll do more of this like kind of might, not, like Yeah, it might be like a seasonal thing too. It would be interesting to see like if they do more of these and get specific like pair like artists and writer to kind of do these but like stay in this specific universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like adapting old radio dramas. Yes, but like specifically get people that fit the story specifically. Like you said how it's a a Chinese writer and a Japanese artist doing this one. If there are other stories similar, like that have kind of similar slants to them to kind of do the same thing and work like a creative team around that, but keep it in the same kind of universe. Mm-hmm. So like if they did, uh, yeah, cause this is uh, the symbol has like the DC was that zoom. That's like the new. Oh yeah. DC zoom's gone. Yeah. So it's going to be whatever part of that, like, whatever Wonder Comics falls into. Which I don't even know. We don't know. Oh, and the Terrifics, it was, um, Metamorphos is their thing. And then their Invisible Woman is Phantom Girl. So that is the team. Mrs. Terrific, Phantom Girl, Metamorpho, and Plastic Man. Which I feel like uh, Metamorpho and Plastic Man pretty much makes your team the most annoying and the most unkillable. Uh, also, uh, for people who kind of like want to see, like, because you know this being based off of a real radio drama that happened, while also the people who are writing it had agents within the KKK uh, who like basically took lingo that was being used by them at the time and and putting it into their radio drama. Uh, there is a uh, drunk history episode all about it. Wait, really? Yeah. About this specific, like this Superman kind of thing. Yeah, like no, like oh. this was like like uh, I like I forget the stat off the top of my head, but like there is like a correlation between like this radio drama coming out and the amount of people who were involved in the KKK going down. Wow. That that would be a, like a really interesting like book or um, documentary. yeah, and, that, and that's why like representation within your media is important, and also like you know, hey, also comics are never political. Am I right? I know I hate when people say that when it's like, hey, remember like what is the most famous like Green Lantern and or Green Arrow book? Oh yeah, it's when they discuss drugs. What fucking yeah. Speedy has a heroin needle? That was Speedy is on speed. Yeah, yeah. Can I just mention uh, who the who the sponsor was of this original story? Yeah, 
Kellogg's. Kellogg's? Yeah, Kellogg's Pop Cereal. I thought it was going to be <laughs> or Kellogg's Pop Cereal. I thought it was going to be Winston cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of like uh, this is a good, good point to flip over and talk about um, the other big company. So I guess sales date for the year so far, we're like six months into the year, have come out, and Marvel owns just over, I mean, one hundredth percent over the total marketplace for 2019. Uh, uh, I believe this is only for May 20. Oh, it's only for May? I thought it was for yeah. all of 20. Okay, only for May. Okay, so ignore those other things I said. So, okay, that's not as big as I thought it was then, but still nope. it is interesting. Uh, I mean, ha- having half the marketplace is pretty huge. Yeah. Uh, I, obviously, I wonder how much Endgame drove like new readers to Marvel, or if it says that, or if it says more about the what is going on at DC. So they had 33, they had about a third of the marketplace. So I don't know if that says like that about DC. Or just like how well Marvel is using its other media to market its complex at this point. I mean, Immortal Hulk is on like, like in in its twenties issues, and it's still like a top five book in the industry right now. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man still selling well. Um, I yeah, guess Darede- I guess Daredevil is selling like really well. Like Venom is selling really well. Like yeah, like Venom had it's like DC's only books that have been selling well is like two Batman books. It's like Detective and Batman Who Laughs. Um, I, you know, I guess like Deceased might be like selling pretty well too. Uh, but like I, I'm looking at like the, the, like Naomi is getting like a lot of people hopping on that book, but that's also like around the time like this, uh, the hmm. speculators were jumping onto that book. Uh, I do. It is in, in this article. It says actually this is the most units sold since November last year. Was in this this May that passed. Yeah. So yeah, and, and, and yeah, and I mean, like also, like uh, Shazam was just coming out like around this time too, like late April. So uh, it could also just be mm. you know you had like a really good DC comic movie. You had a really good you know I mean you had a, a fine Marvel movie that made a billion dollars also come out you had free comic book day was also that month and that you know if you're a good comic book store like you get a ton of people coming into your store because of that event a uh, war realms yeah, also ended up being like articles talking a lot about war realms being a big thing for marvel which is a i mean that that ended up being pretty good so yeah, i think it also helps like having like the especially in endgame and what we saw with ragnarok like specifically like the movie version of Thor like being so beloved um, everything kind of helps move more people to it mm-hmm. as well uh, so it is an interesting thing like uh, Image was number 3 with like a little over 5% of the marketplace so, Image is always number 3 yeah like, I mean, like your, your number 1 and number 2's are always going to like be Marvel and DC and Image is always going to be number 3 it's it's Everything under that, like, Dark Horse is always going to be four, I, I think, for the most part. And then you have, like, everyone else that's, like, always trading back and forth of where they're at. Yeah, I'm trying to look and see who was after that. 
Like, I can't. It's like other publishers, which is basically just like everyone who's not, you know, uh, the, oh. you know, Dark Horse, IDW, Dynamite, and Boom. And then, like, you have, oh, I guess IDW. Okay, I have the and list then, where it shows the. So the number one book was Naomi. Well, no, the no, the number one seller for the month was uh, DC's. Yeah, which was Naomi. No, DC's. Oh, DC's. Oh, I'm looking at the chart. It has Naomi as the top. Well, Naomi is the book that gained the most, uh, uh, more users. Like more oh. people, more okay, people yeah. hopped on the Naomi. Like Naomi had like more people okay, cool. jump onto that okay. book. Yeah, I see what it says now. It's for a continuing series. So yeah. DC didn't count as that at the time because I think that was like issue one, maybe. Yeah, they don't have like really them all put together, but it's like you know, like DC's is like number one book. You know, Batman Last Night on Earth like had half of that number. Like DC's had. 250,000 people hopped onto that book. Or like 243,000 people hopped onto that book. I don't want to be like far correct. But it's like 243 issues were ordered by comic book stores for DC. Like I like I I do not see like why people would have bored that book so heavily. Uh, you know, it's like I guess like the cover, like the alternate covers were like also like pretty good. So like some of them were the the horror themed, like the horror movie esque ones, like poster ones were awesome looking. Yeah, but, but like, I don't. They're see... hard to find. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't see like a here are the top ten books for the month. Um. I imagine if I went to like a different site, I could. Probably... All right. So but let's yeah, go. But yeah, but yeah, this is like if you want like hardcore data, like you know, here you go. But, like, also keep in mind that this is data specifically through Diamond uh, direct market. Like, this does not count uh, sales through digital. All right. So let's jump to our last kind of news story. So this is kind of interesting. Um, I'm trying to think. I know oh, I, have Jen... like, I, I have, like, I have, like, four other stories here. Okay. Um, because I okay. posted some the other day. Okay, I didn't know if those were from the other show or not. No, no, these are from this week. Okay, so let's do this one, and then we'll jump to those. So, um, you're old enough. Did you watch at all the live action TMNT show from yes. the nineties? Yeah, okay. the last the last mutation. Yes, yes. So I bring that up because in the comics they have now introduced their first female turtle. Um, uh, we had one in the show. Do you remember her name offhand? I do. Uh, Venus de Milo. Yes. Um, so in this, it's. Com- I don't remember how they explain her creation in the TV show. Here it's um, interesting. She, uh, in the TV show, she's like their long lost sister. Like she was. She got like washed uh, away, right, or something. Yeah. So like when like the turtles get like their their ooze bath, like she's there. She's been there the entire time. But, like, because they're baby turtles, so you don't remember. But, like, she ends up being, like, washed away, and then she shows back up for, like, the next mutation. Yep, where they don't have shells. <laughs> no, they, they do. Uh, she oh. just... 
like, but it, it, it's 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 basically like I'm thinking of the, the out of the shell the stage show where they didn't have shells. No, they, they are you are you are you talking about uh, coming out of their shells? Yes. Where they have like a rap. <laughs> I I okay. So side side tangent. I uh uh for uh, record store day this year, they had a uh, mini record of two songs from the coming out of the shell tour. Uh, oh that you can buy at record stores, and I bought it. Oh, awesome! <laughs> uh, on one side, it has uh, "Pizza Power," which was like the song that if you go and play uh, "Team and T Turtles in Time" the arcade, yes. it's the song. It's a song that starts off the arcade. Um, and then the other—I forget what the song on the other side is because why am I going to listen to either song? I, I'm just going to listen to "Pizza Power." I feel like is it? It's not the theme song from the cartoon. It's not. Um, okay. Um, but let's to the comic. So this character is created kind of like in a She-Hulk version. I would say is like the best way to explain this based on what I'm reading. So it's a Foot Clan member, and they do a blood transfusion with Donatello. Oh, Donatello did it using Leonardo's blood, and thus she turns into a turtle. So she is not a mutated turtle. She is a human mutated into a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, which... And she's an adult. (laughs) So she looks badass, so she has, like, the yellow... Her color is yellow, it appears. And her weapon is, like, a ninja claw. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so she was also designed by Sophia Campbell, who... um, I didn't, like kind of like jones in to read um the the current idw tmnt comic um mainly because of sophia campbell like i love her turtles artwork uh i think it's like just kind of perfect for you know like personally like what i would want at turtles artwork you know unless like you're going to go like something like um rise of the tmnt where you're just going to go like super like street art level like like jagged edge like we're going to go like super bombastic with the artwork um but yeah like i think sophia campbell's great uh i think her new design for uh the the new turtles name is jenica i think she looks super cool like i, I kind of like want des- i like her design better than i like the other four turtles really um like, I- well <laughs> well the 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 image at the top of this page is like basically not sophia campbell's artwork but like Okay. You get the but you get the same kind of basic design of like what, you know what, you know like the the turtles design in the book do not stray too far from like what I would consider classic turtles design. Yeah, because like I love the way this head design is. It's like a weird thing to point out, but like with the turtles, it's kind of important because they mm-hmm. kind of that's like one of the things that they vary. It is interesting, like in this image, to see like unlike the Venus de Milo version. She looks almost identical to the other turtles. Like mm-hmm. she has no I'm dancing around like female characteristics. Like the live action version had turtle boobs, if I remember correctly. Which I mean, sure. I, I, I feel like her design is like not great in the um in in that series. Uh but like the idea that ever since then they were like, we can't have a female turtle. It was like because of like well because uh like Venus de Milo sucks so much I'm like well that sure show sucks so much 
But like, yeah, that whole show sucks. It's like it's like the same reasoning where it's like we we can't have female superhero films because Supergirl and 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 Catwoman were so bad. And I'm like, well, you didn't even try. Well, yeah, and the Supergirl thing is like a whole nother thing because that was done by a company in order to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, as like a cover for their drug trade is what I believe we can in films. Oh god, yeah, turtle boobs. Uh, I love. I think it's like kind of funny that her mask is like the like. Okay, so like her 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 turtle cover color is like no really different than Leonardo. I guess it's, it's like, to be like baby it's a, blue. It, it's like a lighter shade of blue, but like the way you differentiate the two is that her like the the straps on the back of her mask are made into a braid. Oh man, I did not know that they made a toy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I imagine they had uh, a wave of toys for I'm this I'm trying to show. remember what her weapon is. Based on this toy, it was a fan? Yep, it was fan, because that's like the go-to female weapon. Yeah. Katana. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say staff, but Don already had a staff, so they're like, oh, what's the... What's the other thing? It's like, oh, fans. God, so, and this, it, God, this is like TMT three costumes that they were using for this show. Oh, that's, yes. what it looks, that's why they will like, every- combo. It's like the th- the TMT three plus some other like they're they're coming out of their shells costumes. Yeah, because like I just here's a picture like Donatello has the weird full face cover. <laughs> God, these these costumes are awful. Yeah, they're terrible. Well, because the whole thing is they just the the costumes in the first two movies are the same costumes, but they almost killed the actors. Yeah, so that's why they redes- like they redesigned them. So that's why if you look like, especially Venus is like kind of form fitting to like a human actor. So it's like this gigantic head on this like kind of small, like kind of a slightly larger body. Within a giant shell in the back. It's yeah, that show was really bad. Uh, I guess they uh, have referenced her in like some of the cartoons over the years. I'm looking. Uh, yeah, I think I think they have. Um, I think there was like a reference to her in the first um, Nickelodeon TMNT. Is that show. the CGI one? Yeah, which is yeah, good. That's what I'm looking like, at. It's like a reference. They like named the van. And it has like Venus on it. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's like one of those things where they they do like reference her like every once in a while, but like not as a character, but as you know, basically like an Easter it's, egg. Yeah, it's like an inside joke. All right. Um. So, what were some of the other stories that you had? I had one. Uh. Oh, sorry. Uh. Marvel announced they're bringing back Marvel Zombies for this uh this fall. Yeah, we talked about that last week. I oh. <laughs> I I well, but but I mean, like we last week we were just all like, "Does anyone care?" And we were all just like, eh, "Not really." Because well, they did it good, and like this surgeon looks. This surgeon, I don't know if any of you said it, it looks like um the Pirates of the Caribbean like sea monster thing they did with uh Davy Jones. Near the Kraken. Yeah, it's like barnacle people. 
and Iron Fist is in the front of this, I guess that's who that is. I don't know. I don't care. I, is this like a thing because Deceased is happening? But like, I don't. It's I don't know. I I don't care. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if you do, you do. That's cool. Uh, so DC announced that they're bringing back John Constantine, uh, under the Hellblazer name under Sandman Universe. Oh, well. So, so the full been... title. So full title: The Sandman Universe presents Hellblazer. And then it'll soon be DC Black Label. Presents Neil Gaiman Sandman universe. Well, like, and I, well, and it kind of makes me wonder if like Sandman is basically taking over the, um, it's like Vertigo. The, well, like the Vertigo centric stuff of like Hellblazer. Like, if they were to announce like a new Swamp Thing book, if that's like Sandman universe presents Hell of uh, Swamp Thing. Well, here this is what I was gonna say is like, <coughs> sorry, um, what do you call it, um. Sandman has appeared, I think, in one or two issues of the DC mainline. And they have also referenced the DC mainline in one or two issues of the books in the Sandman universe. Uh, currently? Yes. Why? I can't remember what book. It was, like, in Rebirth that Batman was doing something. Oh, it was during Dark Knight's Metal. Um, he, like, invokes and, like, um, the Matthew version, like the newer one, like shows up and like helps him in like a moment when he's like being tortured in like a dream world. And he like yells like you owe me a favor, Matthew, and he like is that's how he pops out of it. Um hmm. uh, so but it's like very, very it's like the same as like the Netflix and the MCU, like it's so very lightly referenced. As like existing, so they can still dance with like this character being the same John Constantine that's been in the Justice League Dark, or it could be not. Who knows? Um, because I mean, like if you're looking at the cover, um, he, it's like him holding up some tarot cards and lighting a cigarette on like one of the cards, and uh, you see the the magician who's like the character from the um, book of book of books of magic. There is a Lucifer card uh, for the devil, uh, and then there's the Empress and the Hierophant. Uh, I assume the Hierophant is supposed to be um, whatever incarnation of Sandman currently, like the all white yes. one. Yeah, that is the Matthew one. Uh, um, I do not hasn't really been so. I've been reading the Sandman universe books. So yeah, it's Book of Magic, Lucifer. The other one is for the. Is it Mam Xanadu? No, it is a um, a New Orleans like goddess. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember her name. It's actually been really interesting. It's like a lot of those, um, like West African like gods. Who was it, Calypso? No, because I know like they have Anansi's in the book. So it's like all it's like that. It's like all the characters are black, and it's like very. Um, like they're in like the the real world part of it takes place in New Orleans, so but they end up getting trapped in the dreaming. Like, and I can't remember the main character's name, the main goddess's name. Um, 
Usero, something like that. She's like a goddess who has like it's like three sisters in one body. I'm butchering what this is about. I'm trying to remember because it's books of magic, Lucifer, um, the dreaming, and I can't remember what the other book is that's in this. So. But I've I've really liked the series. Book of Magic has been specific. Lucifer has been really good, and so has the Dreaming. But Book of Magic's been good. The other book's been really pretty good too. Uh, so yeah, I guess this is supposed to be a one shot. Um, coming out on October thirtieth with writer Simon Spurrier, who uh, I know is predominantly as a X Men writer. Um, he did X Men Legacy with um, that book was with Legion and Blindfold hanging out. I remember, you know, really liking that. And he also did uh, The God Shaper a couple of years ago. That was kind of a hot book uh, with art by uh, uh, Marcio Takara, who is uh, was the artist for the Wolverine The Long Night adaptation. Uh, but yeah, I guess like this is supposed to follow with a new ongoing in November that will be from Spurrier with artist uh, Aaron Campbell, who did Infidel last year. Uh, the one-shot uh, will start uh, moments for scene in Sandman Masterminds, Neil Gaiman's miniseries, The Book of Magic. In this moment, John Constantine is haggard, bloody, and dying during an epic magic war. That's fixing to consume the entire world. In that moment, a vision of Books of Magic protagonist Tim Hunter stands above Constantine, contemplating his own destiny. Hunter flees, leaving Constantine there to die. The story picks up years later, with Constantine reemerge on age, but with all the memories of the grisly future intact. He has to process a new world that is beset by the same politics and social woes. He also must unravel the mysteries of his return. Meanwhile, rumors of a young magician, Tim Hunter, swirl around him, leaving Constantine to wonder if he can stop that vision of his doomed future. Okay, that is... So I've been reading the Book of Magic. Um, One of the things that they got revealed, I think a month or two ago, was that Tim had his mind wiped of, like, some memories, and he's kind of like, what do you mean I had my mind wiped? And they're like, He's talking to the person who's like teaching him, and she's like, "Yeah, there were some things, and you're kind of this huge character, like person. And if you go good or evil, like it's going to turn the entire tides of magic. So you kind of did something. So we just kind of wiped you so that like it wouldn't affect you. And I wonder if that's going to tie into the Constantine thing because he gets like a quick memory, and it's just him covered in blood." Oh, and the goddess, I looked it up, it's Eruzi, Eruzli? I don't know how to pronounce this. But, um, I'm trying to think, what was the other story? Is it this, you have a Fantastic Four story and another X-Men story? Here. Oh, oh, okay, so yeah, uh, so it, has people been checking out uh, Ed Pisker's X-Men Grand Design? No. <laughs> Not yet. Okay, so... Oh, I- oh, wait, I remember we talked about this. Uh, I remember hearing about this. I have not read anything. So, for people who don't know about Ed Pisker's X-Men Grand Design, uh, Ed Pisker uh, is this really cool artist slash writer. Uh, he is predominantly known for before this, for doing a series for fan graphics called uh, Hip Hop Family Tree. 
which was basically like um, chronologically went through the history of hip hop music and was basically it's like, hey, do you want like a college course on hip hop music? Here you go. Um, and he ended up taking like that kind of same basic design of his books and applied it to X-Men. So it's like, if you're like an X-Men reader and you want to get into X-Men, but you don't want to read like 40 years of X-Men history, uh, X-Men Grand Design is basically like a semi-inexpensive way to basically read all of X-Men, you know, understand all the core themes, you know, the character motivations, all the storylines within like a digestible like, uh, like way. So, one of the things about X-Men Grand Design, I was like, man, like, this is, like, really good. And, like, this is, like, a great way for people to get into X-Men. I really kind of wish they would, like, take, like, this version of the comic and then apply it to other things. Like, I could see a Legion of Superheroes, like, Grand Design or um, them doing Fantastic Four as a Grand Design. And, uh, and Lone... Oh, go ahead. I was just saying they could do it for like almost every DC book, like a Superman, Batman, or Justice League. Um, like, well, like, well, so like the idea of like the grand designs, like, is, is that's very good. Is it takes because I think Batman is like fairly straightforward. Superman is fairly straightforward. Like Legion okay. has like a lot of folds. You know, X Men has a lot of things that go on with it. So it's like it's it's kind of hard to kind of figure out like where to go. Like you're a dog chasing a car. Um. And and these kind of break it down in a in a very digestible way. So uh, Marvel announced that Tom Scioli, uh, you know, artist of, of Godland, uh, Transformers versus GI Joe, a really good illustrator, is basically going to do a Fantastic Four grand design. And I'm like very excited for this. Um, Fantastic Four is like kind of one of those. Uh, properties that I, I I know enough about to kind of you know glide right through, but I don't know enough about like the the bones of the book. So a book like this, I, I feel like to me is like a college crash course in like this property. So like I'm I'm personally very excited to read Fifth or Grand Design. Oh, I'm looking at his thing. Did you read what his like his, these panels are for this thing? Uh, I did not, because I basically just saw like, oh, hey, this guy's doing this thing, and I was like immediately like, I don't need to read anything else. I'm gonna pick it up. Oh, this like pitch is real interesting. So he posted like a couple of panels. It's four astronauts walking to a rocket, and it's like all this stuff, and it's like showing, and you see like the universal entity, and they're like doing this to kind of like. And this is all, like, very roughly drawn and stuff. And um, they're going into space. They get hit by cosmic rays, and they crash. And you see Uatu there. And this is not the origin of the Fantastic Four. This is the origin of Galactus. Yeah. And it actually... That's really good. (laughs) uh, Uatu kind of, like, he's walking away and turns around and then saves the surviving being. And turns him into Galactus. Kind of in order to save his life. 
it is really, and I actually kind of like the art style that he does. Like, I like how it's like very seventies. Um, well, yeah. So uh, Tom Skioli, he he basically does what you would think Jack Kirby artwork would look like now. Yeah. Oh man, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, when I say seventies, that's what I mean. It's just Jack Kirby stuff, but like, it's perfect for Fantastic Four. It's like the, wow. the, the like the character designs, the colors, um, the way that he does um, like sound effects. It's basically it's like what you think. Like I uh, in my Amazon wish list, like I have his uh, Transformers versus GI Joe book, uh, like on my wish list, and I've been like trying to, I've been like thinking about buying it for like a while now, and that book looks just so rad it looks so good yeah like this looks real um i'm trying to figure out a way to like put this in the chat like uh my my old boss uh he was reading godland and he would always talk to me about he's like he'd be like john this book is like incredible but like i couldn't tell you anything that's happening in this book well, that's some. That's kind of sometimes the stuff I love the most. It's like uh, King's Mister Miracle is kind of like that at times. Um, yeah, like there was like something about Godland though. It's like where it gets like very. Um, I don't think the word's like <sighs> metaphysical, but it gets like very like it talks above your head sometimes because it's like also written by Joe Casey where. And I love Joe Casey, but Joe Casey's like kind of impenetrable at times, but like that's kind of the charm in a way that like when I'm reading Neil Gaiman, it's kind of impenetrable at times, but I feel like I don't feel like I'm enjoying this at all. Uh, but Joe Casey, I feel like the fun is like trying to figure out like what he's talking about. Okay. I get that with Neil Gaiman sometimes. There's definitely parts of like the Sandman books, especially that I'm like. It, it's why I've like never completely finished reading. I'm always like halfway because there's like a certain point where I'm like my brain hurts. Like I don't, I'm not enjoying myself, and I have to take a break. And that break is like two years. <laughs> <laughs> Although like Gaiman's like one of my favorite like writers. Like I have a bunch of his stuff behind me. Um, all the newer stuff though that he's been doing is actually not like that. But yeah, this is actually. I would love to see his like doing this pitch for this book. It is, I, I, it's like four pages that he posted, and just that looks amazing. Like I'm way into it. Um, I see you had like one more story here. Yeah. So today, uh, Giant Size Ecstatics came out, which is one of Ecstatics is like one of my favorite X Men books of all time, if not like one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, the Ecstatics originally launched uh, originally uh coming out as a x-force book like it was x-force number 115 uh this was like around the time where uh, marvel had this big huge push where they were like we're gonna get like top level independent creators uh doing our, our like our books they're like we're gonna get the preacher team to do punisher we're gonna get uh, Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly, to re-envision X-Men with new X-Men. Um, and one of the other ones was, we're gonna get Peter Milligan, you know, known for Shade the Changing Man at the time, and Michael Allred, known for Madman, to basically 
do like a new like X-Men book, but centered in the X-Force book. And it was like a take on reality TV in 2001. So the book was about mutants who were TV stars and like reality, like re- specifically like reality TV stars uh, who were like inexperienced as a team, were divas um, going out into dangerous situations for ratings, and they would like a, a, a member would die. And so Sounds it's like, like um, what, uh, what was the thing that they did that led to uh, Civil War? Uh, like exactly the same. Oh New yeah, Warriors. so yeah, yeah, so like that New Warriors book is basically, it, it, man, because people forget like how good that New Warriors book was, like leading into Civil War, and then Civil War happens and basically just kind of takes a giant shit on that book. But that book is like really good. I think oh, it just yeah. recently went into uh, uh, a collection. It's super fun. Uh, but basically, that's like a fun version of that take. Um, while this, the first issue, like the entire team dies except for um, a character named uh, Yugo Girl, a character named the Anarchist, and Duke. And if, and if there's like one character that everyone knows from the Ecstatics, it's going to be Duke. Who's like that green blobby character. Yeah, he looks like Slimer, kind of. Yes. Uh, so, the Ecstatics happens. Uh, I think there's like 15 issues of them as X-Force, and then there's about 35 issues of it as just, like, the normal Ecstatics book, all done by Milligan, all done by Michael Allred, but then they also had, like, guest artists with, like, Darwin Cook did a story, um, um, Philip Bond did a story, um, but yeah, so the, the book ends, and ever since then, um, we have gotten... Like, there was a Dead Girl miniseries, because basically it was, like, the idea that characters would always die, but there was a character in the book who couldn't die named Dead Girl. Uh, there was a miniseries around her. Uh, there was a miniseries set around Dupe, where, like, Dupe and Kitty Pride went on an adventure. That was really good. Um, but there hasn't been, like, a mainline Ecstatics books in at least, like, 12, 13 years. Um, so... Today, Giant Size Exacts came out from Pure Milligan and Michael Allred. And evidently, at the end of the book, they announced that Ecstatics will be coming back next year as a all-new series, all-new team, all by Pure Milligan and Michael Allred. And the book will be called The Excellent. Which, when I heard The, the Excellent as like an X-Men book, I was like, how has that never been a name for an X-Men title? It's like yeah, too perfect. It's, like, it's yeah, especially with like the like most of the other things they don't have because it's astonishing. I can't remember all the ones the, that they used to use. For the, astonishing was like the main one because I always remember the Spider-Man ones more. There was X Factor. There was yeah, but I mean like uh, the adjective like that they would use like the astonishing X-Men because there's like oh yeah, Spider-Man spectacular. But like the there's like, a, like there's like an amazing X Men. Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, I'm surprised there hasn't been like an excellent X Men, or like mm-hmm. like you said, an excellent team. 
but like I haven't read like this newest issue yet, but I'm looking at the cover. Um, it looks like you have a couple new characters, uh, but like Yuga Girl and Orphan, uh, Mr. Sensitive are back. Uh, his name is Mr. Sensitive, by the way, because his power is that basically his um, like his uh, um, like his pain receptors are turned up so high that like the moisture in the air feels like needles. It's like not really a power. Uh, yeah. So, he, so like the the first the first time you see him in the book, it's him like playing Russian roulette like every day and seeing it's like if this is the day that he goes and like Xavier comes to help him and it's like, hey, like I know this group. I have this suit that could be able to help you out. Uh, he ends up falling in love with Yugo Girl. It's 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 super good. So yeah, you see um, Orphan and Yugo Girl and Dupe as returning members. Um, you have this one guy like in the middle who looks like uh, Zedgeist, who was like in the very first issue, who dies at the end of the first issue. Uh, people would also know Zedgeist because he shows up in Deadpool two and he's played by Bill Sarsgaard. And he's the guy, and he's the guy who vomits acid. Yeah, it is. That is like guys. Uh, the article you have it says that's who it is. Oh well, that's super funny because like the he, he basically in the first issue he's like machine gunned in half. Yeah, it says and, like, uh, and he's also like, uh, led by the presumed dead. But then again, aren't they all zeitgeist? Yeah. So like zeitgeist was also like dating uh eddie who's like yugo girl and so now like you have like this you know, it looks like you have like a, some kind of love triangle between Zed guys and, and orphan and yugo girl uh and then you have these three new members in the back who i presume probably show up in the book that i will probably read tonight but yeah i am like so fucking excited for the return of the ecstatics like uh i think x-men are are at its best when it's weird and underground and uh, and it feels like it feels avant-garde and that's I, I think ecstatics to me uh is like one of the most perfect versions of the x-men no i definitely like agree like the x-men tend to work best when it's like these are a bunch of like fucking random people that have shit as powers that like wreck their lives and when like the weirder it is, sometimes it's like when it tends to be, it works the best, at least for me too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That definitely is like super interesting. Um, I remember we talked about this, and I love the artwork. So, that is something I will have to check out, especially since I won't have to have read anything else. Um, and I think that was our last news story, right? Uh, yes. All right. Um. Depending on if Ryan can hang around, did you want to talk about Gwenpool for a minute, or no? Uh, I could do Gwenpool before I head out. Alright, so... Uh... I guess, uh, so you've been reading it. I have not read anything of Gwenpool. Uh, you said b- before we started, so you've read all of her stuff? Yeah, I read... There's, like, maybe 28 books in total. Like, 25 as, like, a main run, and, like, like a few spinoffs. That's so like, not a, yeah. Can you yeah. just explain like what is Gwenpool? Like, I obviously get that it's Gwen Stacy as Deadpool, but like, 
It's not it's Gwen Stacy at all. That. Yeah. Yeah, she's her name is Gwendolyn Poole, P O L P O O L E. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that's actually like a quip in one of the books. Like everyone thinks she's Gwen Stacy. Uh basically her character is she's basically like uh an outsider, like say she's like a, a regular person like us, who like reads Marvel comics all the time and you just get dropped into the Marvel universe. Yeah, so like she's she is specifically from our universe. Oh, she's yeah. Superboy Prime. <laughs> Yes, but like not crazy. Yeah, but yeah, she's not like she doesn't have any powers. She's not crazy or anything. But like, she's basically a background character through like a lot of like the Marvel books too. Like, basically, she just like decides she wants to be like a main character. So she just goes to like this tailor sh- uh, shop and get like a, a costume suit. Like that's that's basically her like, her origin. And so, basically, on her oh sorry. So so she's she's like um oh my god what um what's the character. And there's one in both companies, but like the one in DC was um, that one showed up in the background. Ambush bug. She's kind uh, of like that. No, I wouldn't her. say that. Because he kind of knows that he's in a comic book and is like always in the background and stuff. Yeah, but like think of like you know she knows she's in a comic book, but like she knows everything. She knows every, like, she's read every, like, Marvel book, so she knows, like, she knows, like, everything, everything. And because of that, she has, like, really good intel on, like, all these different people. Yeah, like, book one of Gwenpool, she's just, like, she's, she's, uh, she, like, she meets Black Cat on, like, a operation with, like, Hydra, and, like, as she's running away from, like, Black Cat, she just yells, bye, Felicia, and just, like, dips, and, like, she's, like, (laughs) "How, how does she know my name, and she black hat ends up hiring like howard the duck to like track her down to like figure out like, what's going on and like gwen pulls underneath the desk at howard's office the entire time just like eavesdropping <laughs> it, it's it's like later on i don't know if anyone's gonna read it or not but like spoilers uh it, it, it's it, it's so good like like honestly like if you are someone who's like a big fan of um the psyches like like morrison animal man where it does like where it does where it it does like the story uh between the panels kind of thing uh it does exactly that and in a really cool way yeah as like the book as like the book progresses she like she becomes more like aware of like the universe and like more like like non-caring because she's basically assumes like everyone's a comic book character, so she just like starts gunning people down with like machine guns. So her her power is that she has like comic book knowledge. Yeah. So oh uh, yes. So yeah, like so basically in the beginning of the book or like one of the first arcs of the book, she ends up teaming up with uh, Modok, Modok and Bar- Batrock the Leaper, and he's so he's so good in that book. He's like yeah, Batrock. Batrock's great. Um. And there's like this kind of like really fun idea where in the in Gwenpool and in the Squirrel Girl book where it's like these characters who befriend um um like these villainous characters and like the idea that like how do I want to word this that that like you see me now as for how I am, but because like I might show up later in a different thing, like I'll be different. 
and I can't be held accountable for like what I do there. And it's like this meta narrative of like, oh, like this character is written this way in this book, and that's why they're written differently in other books. Oh, if, if that like makes sense. I, I I get what you're saying. That's an interesting thing for them to address. And so yes, yeah. yeah, so in this first mission with Batrock and um and Gwen, uh, they fight Jane Foster and Thor, and Jane Fo- and Thor is just like wrecking everyone, and and Gwen's like trying to figure out like what to do, and she just yells out like Jane. And like, <laughs> and Thor like looks over, and she grabs her and like throws her against her wall. She's like, "What did you say?" And she's like, "She's like pain. I have a pain in my leg." <laughs> and then like because of that, like Batrock is able to get away, and then they both get away. Yeah, it was really funny during that like that that panel because like she's like trying to remember her identity, and she's like, "That was Natalie Portman, right?" And she's just like trying to remember like the <laughs> the character she played. <laughs> That's funny. But uh yeah, it's it's really funny. Uh there was a uh there was like a cutaway where she like needs to register so she can get a bank account cuz like Modok has to pay her and like he can't find any information on her since she like she's from another universe. She like so she contacts like Doctor Strange to help find her identity and he's just like going through her memories and he's like Benedict Cumberbatch plays me in a movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I can see that." Yeah. Oh man. But there's a uh, in like one of the middle books, they get kidnapped by uh oh uh, what's his name? The one uh, he like oh Ar- 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 arcade. His name is arcade. Okay. Yeah. So they they all get kidnapped by like arcade and like he's like doing this whole like mystery thing and she just calls him out instantly and he's like. He's just he's like flabbergasted of how she knows well how she knows, and like in the and while they're in the dungeon, like Deadpool shows up, and since they both have like that that awareness that they're in a comic book, he's like, "This is my comic book now," and they just like start fighting off the bat right there. So she uses logic against them, and and like it works out. She's like, "You're my you're in my book, and you're like a side character." <laughs> <laughs> That's but uh, you definitely sold me on this book. Oh uh, yeah, it gets really good at the end. Like the final arc is is like really good, especially like the last book. It was it was awesome. Yeah, and like and and this kind of goes back to like what I was like, you know, talking about like earlier, where I I or you know like over, over the last couple of weeks, where I feel like there's just like a glut of just really good DC books of of like the last like five. Like I feel like starting with like Civil War two because I feel like that's like around the time where everyone just kind of, like, jumped ship. Uh, but I feel like there's, like, a ton of books around, like, that area where, you know, like, your Power Man, Iron Fist, your Patsy Walker, Hellcats, uh, your She-Hulks, your Gwen Cools, your uh, Squirrel Girls, that people are going to, like, rediscover uh, years later and just be like, oh my god, these books are great, like, why wasn't I reading these? Like, Spider- <laughs> or Spider-Woman? Yeah, that's how I felt about Gwen, because, like, she's been out for a while now. I just decided to, like, pick it up one day. And I was just, like, reading through it. And I was like, this is great. The recent Marvel thing I've read, and I really liked it, and I fell off of it, was the new Ms. Marvel. Yeah. And, and, like, I haven't read in, like, a decade, and then 
like the original iteration of this, we were going to like review her, and then so like I read like every Ms. Marvel thing that was on Marvel Unlimited, and I was like, oh my god, this character is awesome! Like, when did Marvel start doing this? And then I kind of fell off, and I don't know. It's just hard to t- find the time to like add books when I'm like subtracting books mostly. Sure, um, and and I totally get that, uh, but you know, like to, like okay, so like there was a guy who I went to the shop recently and he was like so incredibly incensed by like what happened with Wally West during Heroes in Crisis that besides one book, he canceled all of his DC books. And it's like, (laughs) cause he was like, like, Wally West is my favorite character. And like, I don't want to support a company that does Wally West that way. I'm like, I'm like, I totally get you. Um, because like there have been characters who I really love in the past that they completely like did super dirty and I feel bad. And I, you know, like, I don't, I don't like this, but at the same time, it's like, I like, it's not even like something you can blame, uh, the writer for. Cause it's just like, at the end of the day, it's like, this was a corporately mandated story that needed to be told. Cause it's like, you read heroes in crisis and you read Mr. Miracle or like the vision or Omega Men, it's like they're t- two completely different stories. Like you couldn't even like if you were had a, like a blind taste test, you probably couldn't even like put together that these are written by the same person. Because like one book is like so deep, and the other one's so depth or uh, depth in like Which, its take. My reaction to that guy when like, man, imagine if you were a a Roy fan. <laughs> Yeah. Like Rogan's done even dirtier. He didn't get to come back to life. God, he's, to yeah, that, he's just straight up dead. That book was Which, just like a train wreck. I I couldn't even. It was so hard to read. But it's funny because that's not even the worst thing that's happened to Roy Harper in the last eight years. Yeah, that's true. Like, like, uh, Cry for Justice and Generation Law, or was it Ge- Generation Gun? Is that that's the not, one where he has the dead no, cry? Cry for Cry for Justice and the Rise of Arsenal. I feel like are like the, the single like both of them are like the biggest character assassinations for that that character. That like even like when the New Fifty Two happened and they gave him that that baseball cap and they put him in Red Hood and the Outlaws and that book sucks. But at the same time, it's like he it's like y- he's ruined. Like you did this character so dirty that he can't come back from it. Um. But it, going back to this guy who's like, I'm, I'm canceling all my DC books. I'm like, I mean, like, you know, there's the Young Animal line, there's the Sandman line, there's Wonder Comics, all done by, like, all these different creators. That's why, like, you know, Marvel Comics, and the guy who runs Marvel Comics, uh, Ike Perlmutter, is, like, such a gross, disgusting guy. And, like, a lot of money that, that, that he gets from Marvel Comics go goes towards really gross thing but at the same time it's like there are people who work for these companies who do great work who do good stories that i want to support because i want at least because we live in a capitalist society where you where your daughter will uh, your dollar is an actual vote towards like you want more of this content so yeah like civil war 2 is a really bad story but like Hellcat's great, and 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 Spider Woman's really good, and like all and they, and they are still producing like works that I think are like 
worth telling. And I think it's like kind of unfortunate when an event or like a story or like a person running a company like over a compass, like the the hard good storytelling that is being told by like the people at the ground level. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> Is that did is everyone gone? Mm, that would okay. be very interesting if you just did like a monologue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, did they back out? Oh, I don't know. No, I see Lou in the chat. Lou, you still there? Oh man, Alan's gone. How long has Alan been gone? I don't even know. Oh, Lou's his internet dropped. He's coming uh, back. Yes. Uh, but oh, by the way, the other side. I'm sorry. After coming off with that like really impassioned speech about uh, people who work in the comic industry, uh, yeah. the others, the other side of coming out of their shells uh, on the B side was Tubin. <laughs> yeah. So, I... so side A was Pizza Power and side B was Tubin. Tubin. Uh so I assume is is he coming I... back or are they No, gone? I think he says we can close it out if we're done. Uh okay, yeah, sure. We can do that. Uh, did you um, want to like promote anything? Uh, no, not really. Okay, let me see if I can get this right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this podcast is part of the Los Haro Podcast Network, where there's a lot of other podcasts that are being hosted on here, including uh, Legions of Tunes, which I don't think has been recorded yet. I think like the next episode is supposed to be. Code Monkeys, which I watched like four episodes of, five episodes of. I feel like I feel like I have the general gist of the entire show of why I didn't watch it in the first place. Yeah, that is understandable. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John J O H N underscore F N underscore Siler S E I L E R, where I just talk about work stuff or. Um, problems within the comic book industry if you want to ever see me like talk about unprofessionalism that at least i see uh <laughs> or like all the stuff i had like you know all the stuff i did during anime expo which i did like a fair amount of like really cool stuff that i'm gonna like try and like peace out over the next couple of days because i don't want to do like a big huge <laughs> info drop all right uh ryan did you go yet uh you can catch me on the Phantom Zone Facebook uh, group uh, for posts and updates on Doomsday Clock and other miscellaneous comic book-related items. Yeah, and like John said, Legion of Tunes. Me and Alan, who dipped out a little early, uh, do Smallville Chronicles. Uh, we're taking a short break, and then we should be back really soon. And then listen to the main show if you're listening to this. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Hit the bell on YouTube. And tell some friends so more people can hear this. And maybe you too can become a guest. Um, yeah, I think about uh, that just about does it.
So, adios. Uh, remember, pizza power uh, is what makes us feel all right. <laughs> <laughs> and a half shell. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to the Phantom Zone. And now, thanks.